Here we are gathered by image and by heart. Here we are gathered to affirm that our connection is worthy. Our endeavor is shared and that we are not alone. Let us savor that for a moment. In this very moment, we remind ourselves by naming and affirming ritual that the center, the heartbeat, and the truly unlimited source of renewal in our community is love. Love for one another, love for all beings, love for self, and love for our planet. In communal response, of such love, today we will be hopefully renewing our commitment to actively build the common good. Yes, even in a time of pandemic. Take a moment to envision what Lexington, Kentucky would be like if there was a greater common good realized. Image what we are doing here at the Unitarian Universalist Church of Lexington. Image how the city has changed. Image our being an anti-racist, multicultural, and robust community. Coming back from that image, let us think about what some of those particular images were for me, I was dreaming of a Lexington, Kentucky, where mass transportation was not just every hour, but every 15 or 20 minutes, where there were bus routes and lines all throughout the city, where there wasn't an area that was underserved, where it was 24 hours a day, where mass transportation was perhaps even free, where there was equitable and affordable housing for all, where our food banks would not worry about empty shelves because everyone would be out of poverty. No one would be experiencing hunger. Those are some of the images that I was holding on to for building a common good here in our hometown. Let us remember not just my articulation, but your articulation of what that common good would be like let all of those images be a guide and a directional beacon for collectively building the common good here in our beloved hometown. Let us now look back and remember over the decades, even centuries, where we have come from as a faith. The Unitarian Universalist pursuit of the common good has been our galvanizing, centering purpose for over 500 years. As a non-credal experiment in religious liberty, we have boldly envisioned a world where difference does not determine equal access, where all can receive education, where we are all free to experience happiness, freedom, justice, and peace. That is what we are charged as Unitarian Universalists to build our lives upon. That good news of seeking a greater common good truly is our gospel.
over 200 years ago, Unitarians and Universalists were here in the Ohio Valley in central Kentucky. You may recall, if you've heard me preach before, that I believe our stories, our narratives, are at the heart of our self-understanding as a community. I now have some homework for you. I charge you to find out why our congregational bookstore is called the Holly Bookstore. Find out more about Horace Holly and his leadership at Transylvania University, and then go on to find out more about Mary Austin Holly, his remarkable wife and partner who was sister to Stephen Austin, the founder of Austin, Texas. As we mourn the recent passing of our beloved Bob Strauss, one of our founding members here at UUCL, who played an instrumental role in the creation of the University of Kentucky Medical Center. Did you know, in connecting those two dear souls, that Horace Holly, in the late 1700s and early 1800s, helped to create a medical school right here in Lexington, Lexington, one of the first west of the Alleghenies. Access to healthcare and training of medical health professionals is an essential element in creating the common good. Also, building the common good was re first reflected in our efforts of religious education. Extending throughout what was then the Western frontier, Unitarians and Universalists created Sunday schools to empower children who could not access an education. We always had more than theological content to our religious education. Some of those leaders that I lift up, and I actually keep their images before me, one of them is Caroline Bartlett Crane, one of the first women ministers on the Western frontier, who at People's Church in Kalamazoo, Michigan, which she helped to found, didn't just help create the first all-city kindergarten, she also went on to make sure that clean water was accessible for everyone. Those are the sorts of foremothers and forefathers that we can be inspired by when we are seeking to create the common good. So as Caroline Bartlett Crane knew the importance of early education, we know though that education has its limits in a culture that then and now impedes and traumatizes particularly the lives of people of color. Back to our present reality and now looking forward to the broader horizon, what can we actually achieve as a virtual congregation in pursuit of building the common good, building beloved community? Well, we are taking part in one of those things that we can do virtually, which is worshiping together. In worship, as in this very moment, we lift up and ascribe worth to the ideas which will inspire and bolster our efforts to be a community of care, a community of care for one another, and a community of care for the greater world. Wouldn't it be lovely in all the years coming forward that when anyone in Lexington, Kentucky thought of UUCL, they first thought 
there was and is a community of care. Virtually, we can affirm and pledge ourselves anew to the Unitarian Universalist covenant-centered values embodied by hope, love, joy, justice, and courage. With such a covenantal promise at the core of our community, we are compelled to thoughtfully assess where we actually are in regard to those values. These times we are living in compels us to do this self-check. Racial violence is at a boiling point, which is a painful reminder that white supremacy culture must be changed. Hear me when I say that. White supremacy culture must be changed. I, as a Unitarian Universalist religious professional, are not calling you all individually white supremacists, but we must acknowledge that we are a part of a white supremacy culture. Such a culture change begins with deepening relationships with those community partners and community agencies that are doing amazing anti-racist organizing right here in town and nationally. Yet to be the best partner that we can be, we must, we must do our own work beforehand. Such work is reflected in the efforts here at UUCL in the Eighth Principle Task Force, the Beloved Conversation Series, and more. And all of those efforts to change the way we think and know ourselves to be are essential. As a denomination, we began a concerted effort to understand where we are as a faith, seeking to dismantle white supremacy culture. We began that work three years ago because we became aware, thankfully, to bold and prophetic and courageous religious professionals of color who named the fact that hiring practices at the UUA largely were honoring white male ministers. We heard that clarion cry, we are radically doing our best to change that. We are seeking a beloved community in the greater world that compels us to strive and create those glimmers of beloved community here at UUCL and in the National Unitarian Universalist Association. An endeavor that requires strength, resilience, joy, and love extended over time. It also requires us to go deeper to seek culture change in Unitarian Universalism. Such culture change comes with centering questions. Since that time in 2017, our Association of Congregations has been on a shared endeavor to explore such centering questions and endeavor to understand the changes needed to truly become an anti-racist faith which helps to dismantle white supremacy culture. With that intent, the Commission on Institutional Change was created in 2017. Maya? The mission was tasked to examine the changes needed for an anti-racist community and to imagine what it would look like. For this, we have a report that came out in January 2020 and includes recommendations to the UUA and congregations. It is a read that is so important to our shared endeavor for a more just world. I have been experiencing burnout lately. As someone who is always eager to help, always eager to dig my hands in the work, 
I say yes to everything. And while I have no problem saying no to the injustices that are etched into the fabric of our lives, I can't seem to say no to the next meeting or event that happens to come my way. I share this shortcoming because a message that I recently encountered in the Commission on Institutional Changes report is how this work requires time and not burning oneself out. The report makes it clear that this work is long and takes energy. I think it is important to point out how our culture values speed and being busy. What would it mean to pause in this work? The images that I was holding on in the section on imagining a common good would be creating space that pauses to focus on this work, to replace this urgency that can lead to fast work that is not successful with urgency that makes us dig in and do this work with purpose. I would be remiss if I did not also mention an issue that the report brings up on how often young adults and Black Indigenous people of color end up doing a lot of the work in our congregations without the support they need. As someone who falls into both of those categories, I'm reminded that a way to remedy this is to do more collective work. We encourage the individual's search for truth and meaning, and we often place the importance of justice work on our own shoulders rather than doing this work together. We must work collectively toward a common good, an anti-racist world. If we don't, we are falling right back into the systems that lead to oppression and the burnout I'm feeling. Saying we are doing anti-racist work isn't enough. To quote from the Commission on Institutional Changes report, our inclusive pluralistic principles allow individuals to find their own paths within our Unitarian Universalist frame, yet often individuals do not see that our faith community is held together by a set of common communal values. When individualism is not in balance with communal good, individualism can become toxic, toxic to our religious community. If we wish to preserve Unitarian Universalist traditions, our conversations and research suggest that our congregations must center themselves in the communal and covenantal and not primarily the comfort and familiarity of the social club. What do you think when you hear this? I think about how we cannot sit in comfort when doing this work that we must do. This work is uncomfortable. And that is the way it is supposed to be. If we are comfortable, that means that we are slipping back into the system that oppresses and leaves people out. In youth use spaces that I have been a part of, we have this phrase that one must always strive to be a croissant, not a donut. This means don't be a click and exclude people. It is the act of opening up and leaving space for others. It is an act that requires you to not do what you are used to doing, what is comfortable, but what is new and may be uncomfortable. How do we purposely leave space open for others while also doing the work collectively within our community? How do we do this in a virtual space? This is the perfect time to really examine the systems we have created. Where 
in your life are you getting too comfortable? Where is our church community getting comfortable? Where are you saying yes when you probably should say no? Or where are people in your life getting burned out? What kind of world do you want to see? And are we ready to dig our hands in this sacred work? This brings me to something that I have been thinking about. I have been doing a lot of dreaming of what our world could be. What the beloved community we want to work toward can look like. I think dreaming is important because it gives us a way to truly see our shared future. It gives us hope and renewal to see what we might create. It also creates tools to make practical decisions on how we move forward. In an exercise I did with the Sunrise Movement, we envisioned what the world would look like with the environmental changes we wish for. My takeaway was that collective endeavors were the heart of the dream. What do you see us doing together? My final point that I'm trying to make is that this work doesn't just happen by individually studying the material. It's in having collective conversations, doing actions and making changes. Changes that are drastically different from what we might have known them to be, but are needed. How do we turn this work into collective and communal understanding? To me, it means starting to think of this journey as a journey we are doing together. That even when we leave the Zoom room, we are thinking about how we can move forward, how we can include others. This is sacred work rooted in our faith, our covenant, and requires energy and devotion. What does that mean for you? Earlier in our worship service, we sang, for all that is our life, we sing our thanks and praise, for all life is a gift, which we are called to use to build the common good and make our own days glad. In the last few months of COVID-19, a gifted and beloved colleague of mine, Reverend Carlton Elliott Smith, who serves as the lead in the Pacific Western region on Congregational Life staff, wrote a blog post, which I quote here. All life is a gift. You are part of a network of congregation, congregations, communities, and leaders who care for one another and need each other to survive. You are part of a faith that is committed to peace, liberty, and justice for all, especially when inequality and greed seem to be the order of the day. You are part of a universe that is abundant with possibilities, including this extraordinary chance to reshape societies and cultures such that the focus is on our shared humanity rather than on our shared commodification of each other's lives. For this reason, in this time of severe uncertainty, we can still claim that life is a gift. There will be good that will come out of these difficult times, and together we will make it so, in faith, and may it be so. Amen.